Good morning, Lake Gibson United Methodist Church, and I can't see all of them, but Tracy and Sue and the Hoovens and a bunch more of you who are watching, thank you, welcome, we're glad you're here, and if you joined us live on Facebook today. Let me make a couple of announcements before we get on with the Let Go Praise Team. As of Monday, June the 15th, we are going to resume a more normal schedule within the office. Uh, the office will be staffed Monday through Thursday from 9 till 2. We are asking if you need to come to the office, if you would please wear a mask, though. You can contact us by phone, 863-858-5431, of course, or you can contact us by email at office at lakegibsonumc.com and or pastor at lakegibsonumc.com. I want to draw your attention to something we've just been made aware of. If you go to Google, Google and you try to contact us, for some reason Google is taking you to the website of the Nazarene Church. So if you use Google, you have to type in LakeGibsonUMC.com. Type the .com in and it will take you straight to us at that point. If you're looking for updates about worship services and other things, check the web pages at LakeGibsonUMC.com. You can also check our Facebook page. Please share your page with your friends and your family and interact with us as we go along today. You can, uh, if you're on Facebook, you can make notes and comments on the site as most of you already know that if you're not on facebook if you'll go to the website you can leave us an email or you can shoot us an email and christy will check those i remind you you can send in praises and prayer requests via that email at the present time and at the end of the service when we have our prayers christy will bring those up and we'll pray for those uh, interact with us any way you can we're on facebook we're on youtube we're also on our website uh, Remind you that we're hosting a Zoom Bible study. It's held every Thursday at 1 p.m. If you would like to join that Bible study, if you haven't, if you will shoot us an email or call the office, Christy will email you the link so that you can join in with us at 1 o'clock on Thursdays. And we're on Romans chapter 11, verse 15 right now is where we're at. So, are you ready to worship God? I know you are. I, I, I'm going to remind you today to get ready now. We want you to just raise the roof of your house, too, as you've seen with the praise team here. Uh, lift up your voices and, and give praise to God. But let's go to him in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us, this beautiful day you've given us to come into your house. Wherever we may be, how we, as we come on the Internet, Lord, thank you for this technology we have where in this time when things are so chaotic and we're separated, we can still come to you and worship you together. Be with us this day. Just enhance the words and the music as we sing unto you and lift our spirits this day through your word. We ask in your holy name. Amen. Let go, praise team. Rock this house.
Thank you, Let Go Praise Team. We appreciate you. Appreciate you who are watching today on live stream too, or if you're watching it recorded at a later date. Thank you very much. As the team goes down, uh, I know you've got to calm down a little bit because that was high energy music. I want to talk to you today about majoring on the minors. Watching the events of the past three months and then listening and reading commentaries, responses, and critiques about them has been confusing in some ways, hasn't it? There's been places all over the spectrum, places that agree with things, that disagree, and take divergent roads in the middle even. Different preachers, even bishops within the same denomination, one of them being the United Methodist, have said different things about what's going on and have different beliefs. Other denominations, other religions look at things completely different than we as Christians may. So one of the questions that I've been asking myself lately is, what is a true follower of Jesus to believe with the situations the way they're going on? With all the different things, political, racial, economical, and with the COVID, uh, who should I listen to? How should I act? And I'm beginning to think that maybe we're majoring on minors. Right now I'm reading a book on theology. It's uh, called Blue Light Jazz. It's by Donald Miller, and I picked him up out of a magazine that I was reading, a Christian magazine I was reading, and it referred to him in one of the uh, articles, and I went and looked him up, and believe it or not, the local library had this book, and uh, so I checked it out, and Donald Miller describes himself as a Christian mystic and a Christian spiritualist, um, but he wrote something, and early in the book, he hit me between the eyes, and Here's what he wrote. This is from his book, Blue Like Jazz. In a recent radio interview, I was asked by the host, who did not consider himself to be a Christian, to defend Christianity. I told him that I couldn't do it. And moreover, I did not want to defend the term. He asked me if I was a Christian. I told him yes. He said, then why don't you want to defend Christianity? I told him that I no longer knew what that term meant. Of the hundreds of thousands of people that were listening to his show that day, some of them had had terrible experiences with Christianity. They may have been yelled at by a teacher in a Christian school. They may have been abused by a minister or a priest or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. They may have been browbeaten by a well-meaning Christian parent or maybe even condemned for who they were as from the church. To those people, the term Christianity meant something that no real Christian would really want to defend. By fortifying that term, Donald Miller said, I'm only making them more and more angry, and I won't do it. But he goes on. He says, stop ten people on the street, ask them what they think when they hear the word Christianity, and you'll get ten different answers. How can I defend a term that means 10 different things to 10 different people? That seems to be where we are today. But here's where he hit me between the head. I told the radio host that I would rather talk about Jesus and how I came to believe that Jesus exists and that Jesus likes me. He writes, the host looked at me with tears in his eyes. 
And when we were done, he asked me if we could get lunch together. There he told me how much he didn't like Christianity, but how he always wanted to believe Jesus was the Son of God. Majoring on minors. Is that what we've been doing? As I read that, I thought, Donald, you hit the nail on the head. There seems to be no consensus about what a Christian is or what a Christian stands for, and it depends on what church you go to, to be honest with you. And sometimes you can go to the same church and the same denomination, and it's just what does that particular church believe. It seems that we have basically, this is my analogy, we've basically neutered the word Christianity to make it mean whatever we choose to, whatever we want it to. In all fairness, people have been unjustly hurt by so-called Christians. We have much to be ashamed for, much to regret, like the Crusades, the Salem witch hunts, and yes, even racism within America. The church has much to be ashamed of, has the way it treated divorcees in the past, and other people. We have been, we can be, and we often are very judgmental and hypocritical. And I just wonder, I just wonder this, have we become too denominational, too clannish? Is there too much rule keeping? Have we forgotten it's not about us and what we believe, but it's about Jesus and what he does for each of us? Do we major on minors when we should be focusing on the big picture and the big picture being Jesus said, I love all of you and I died for the entire world? Jesus himself, when he was in that upper room in the Gospel of John, as he was having his last supper with the disciples, he said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. Notice that Jesus is the way. Not the United Methodist or the Southern Baptist or the Lutherans or the Catholics. But Jesus, not Buddha or Allah or Joseph Smith or anybody else you want to put in there, but Jesus. Religions and denominations have never saved one person. Jesus is the only one that saves. When I say that, people will probably look at me and one of the things you may think, then why do I need to belong to a mainline denominational church? Or why do I as a pastor, pastor in a mainline denominational church? And I'll answer that. I'm a United Methodist because John Wesley's understanding of Scripture, how John Wesley put it and how John Wesley said we were to respond to God's love and love our neighbor, it makes sense to me. It helps me put into action the things that Jesus wants us to do. That's not to say it's the only way. There are other ways too, as long as Jesus is in the center of it. As Wesley put it, I need to have a heart that's full of love for God and love for my neighbor. Peter, after he had given his great discourse there in the second and third chapter of Acts when he gave that uh, sermon, in Acts chapter 4 he's given another sermon. And there to the people he says this, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Of course that name was Jesus he was talking about. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the one we need to focus on. Rules, denominations, beliefs, as right as they may be, 
as holy as they may be, as much as they may help us, they're not what saves us. Jesus Christ is. It's from Christ and Christ alone. In that great conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in the third chapter of John, that famous verse that he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. Notice how it puts it. God gave his son Jesus to save the world. He didn't give the Methodist or the Catholics or anything else. He didn't give any of our personal beliefs. He gave Jesus Christ his son. He didn't give a preacher. He didn't give a bishop. He didn't give Billy Graham to save the world. He gave Jesus Christ his son to save the world. And later in that same conversation in John 3.16, Jesus said this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but must endure God's wrath. Jesus Christ is, the, is what it's all about. It's not about anything else. The early church, the apostles, the early believers, all they talked about was Jesus. They didn't teach about rules and regulations. They didn't teach about the nominations. They didn't say you've got to do this or you've got to do that. They said you've got to believe in Jesus Christ that he was the son of God and that he died for you, that he rose from the grave, and that he gives that eternal life to you too. In fact, <clears throat> the apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10, he put it this way. Chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his work. Maybe we've been majoring on the minors and we need to get back and focus on the source of our belief. The foundational rock, Jesus Christ, is the one who paid the price and the one who saves us. I think one of Satan's greatest ploys is this. He gets our focus off of Jesus onto our own personal preferences. Whether that preference be, I want to be baptized this way, or that preference be, I want this color of carpet, or that preference be, I want this music, whatever that preference may be, he gets our mind off of Christ and gets it on our personal preferences or on the rules and regulations where we can major on minors. When we focus on those, we can look good compared to others, can't we? Oh, I think we need to do this, and I do this very well, but those people, they don't do that very well. They, they're not really involved. If I get the majoring on minors, I can draw my own lines. I can save who I want to save. I can make myself look good. And none of us look good, really. When we talk about Jesus, he was perfect. None of us are perfect. It's all about Jesus, not us. We take our eyes off of Jesus. We start to look elsewhere. And we become blind, if you will. Or, as Paul put it in another place, we put blinders on. Now, I know most of y'all grew up in the city, but I grew up as a farm boy. And we had a horse. And this horse wanted to throw his head around and look everywhere. And you know what Daddy did? He said, we're going to stop that. We went out and we bought something called blinders. And blinders, they, they right fit right here against the horse's eyes. And they attach to the reins and the bridle. And they sit there so that horse can't see anything coming from the side can only see straight in front of him. That stopped that horse from throwing his head and shine. And when he threw his head and shine, you couldn't ride him in a straight line. You couldn't do what you wanted to. We had to put blinders on. Maybe we need to put blinders on. Blinders that will focus our sight on Jesus Christ and Jesus alone.
Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. He said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, but I think he can blind the minds of believers in some ways too. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. Verse 5, he says, for we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. We do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. What if we stopped proclaiming we got the right way and just started saying, Jesus is Lord, look to him. Let him guide you into what church you may need to go to. Satan, the world, our own desires, our own preferences and likes, our denominational stances, sometimes they may blind us to the work of Christ. Hopefully, prayerfully, and I think rightfully so within my mind, our denominational theology should give us a framework that helps us focus on Jesus and helps teach us and show us how to do the work of Christ. But if it focuses us on something other than Christ, I'm going to have to tell you, it's a sin. When we start thinking true Christians should think like we do, act like we do, believe like we do in everything, we may have just went too far. Again, Paul said this when he was leaving instructions to his protege Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.5. He said, there is one God. There is one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus. In other words, we don't have the answers. God has the answers. And they focus on Jesus Christ. Only one God, only one Jesus Christ can make us right before him. Let's focus on this Jesus. Let's focus on telling others about Jesus, not our own preferences and likes, in our own denomination even. But let us tell others about Jesus Christ. Let us show people that same love that Jesus showed us when he died for us on a cross while we were yet sinners. Let us allow Jesus to walk with us, to talk with us. Let us allow him to lead us in all that we do. Let us say, Come, Lord Jesus, come into the hearts and the lives of all your people to give us the light of your wisdom, the life abundant that you desire for each of us, and help us to share that with others. Amen. As always, I remind you that you can send your tithes and offerings. It, it, it takes something to put this on the air. It takes stuff for us to continue to do ministry. We are continuing to do ministry. The food pantry is still operating every week we are still doing counseling over the fall we're still talking to people you can mail your tithes and your offerings to lake gibson umc at 424 west dottery road lakeland florida 33809 you can also go to the website lakegibsonumc.com you can text your giving at 833-758-0308 that's 833-758-0308 all of that can be found on the website again LakeGibsonUMC.com. So, any way you can help, we appreciate it. Christy, would you now give me the praises and the prayers? Sharon Moak said, Good morning, everyone. Ask that the, to pray that the Lord would heal this world. Amen, Sharon. Thank you for that prayer request. Others? Okay. She says that's the only one that's been sent in, but I do know of a couple of others. We want to continue to pray for. Uh, Sue and Roy Bodemeyer, Roy is uh, 
in, has entered hospice now, so I want to continue to pray for them. Pray for Ray Strait. He is still in the hospital. There are several others that are going to be undergoing procedures this week or the week coming. Uh, there's a praise. We prayed for a, it was a brother, I believe, that was having heart surgeries this week, and he went through the surgery well, so we can praise God for that. Uh, praise God that as far as I know, nobody within our congregation has come down with the COVID-19. Thank you, Lord, for that. Continue to protect us. But let's go to God in prayer at this time. Father, as we pray to you, Lord, we just come to you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that your love, your mercy, your grace is always available to each and every person. I pray even now that you would encourage us as Christians to come together around that, that one thing that holds us together, the love of God that's seen through Christ Jesus, and hold us together. And when we go out and when we go into the world and we witness to others and we tell others about our faith, let us tell them about Jesus not necessarily the things we like or dislike or the type of music we got. That's all fine. But let us tell them about Jesus and the love you have for all of mankind. And the way that you died for them. And the way that you have worked in our life to change us. And the way that you also want to work in the lives of others to change them. As we come, we know there are many requests. Sharon has sent us one and we pray for this situation. We've talked about Roy and Ray and others on our prayer list that we have that are dealing with issues pray for Joe Brady as he's still fighting his vertigo and pray for Lonnie as, as they are going to be traveling very shortly uh, back home all of those that are traveling all of those that are away at this time we just lift them up and ask you to give them good summers Lord you know the other things that are going on the civil unrest the racial unrest the political unrest in this country and Lord I don't pray for either side. I don't pray for either race or either political poly, party or anything else. I pray for your will to be done. I pray for you to bring a peace to this world that we can all get along and see that you dwell in each and every one of us and that there are good people in all colors and there are good people in all political parties and just unite us in the fact that we can love one another even while we disagree. Pour your oil of the spirit out upon the water of this world to bring us peace. We ask it in your holy name. Amen. Let go praise team if you would rock us on out now.
Amen. Aren't you glad we serve such a wonderful God, perfect in all of his ways, and shares his love with us? I've been scrolling through Facebook and some of the comments that you put in on there. Welcome, everyone. But somebody sent me one I want to read you. You know, this is the time. Christy has on our sign out here, the church is not empty, the church is deployed, and I love that. But catch this one. The church cannot be all that she is called to be unless I am all that I am called to be. Or unless you are all you are called to be. As we go forth today, let's go forth with this aim that we go forth to be all we can be in God. To be full of the love of God in such a way that our hearts love him and him only and our neighbor as ourselves. Go in the love of God this day. See you next week. Same time, same place. Bye.